0: I love that. Let the baby say, wait a minute, we love Jesus. I don't know what else is going on, but we love Jesus. (laughs) If we could just love Jesus, everything would be all right. (laughs) That's all we need. Go ahead and say, I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, I'm not lying. (laughs) I'm not lying. Amen. All right. Um, I want to go back um, to Psalms um, last week, but um, we got uh, two more Wednesdays, right? Can you put uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 on the board? How many of you that's getting in your spirit that your God, your God, he's a faithful God, right? And um, he's faithful for generations deep, not just today, not just tomorrow but for those who love him. How many of you love Him? All right. Let's read the word of God together. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him. And keep his command. Amen. All right. How many of you love him? How many of you love keeping his commandment? Yeah, right? How many of you know as, when, when you get in the way, it gets tough? Right? As long as you, if you get in the way, it becomes difficult. But if you stay out the way, you can flow with him. Right? You just, you always one move away. If I can get out of the way, everything else will flow, right? I is a straight up, right? And, and see, sometimes I'd be trying to block what's behind it. But when you go prostrate before God, everything flows. Yeah. So tonight we want to talk about this faithful God that we served last week. We were in Deuteronomy. Uh, I mean, no, we were in Psalms chapter 89. And we were reading some good stuff. And we, we were reading that God was so faithful that he's even surrounded by faithfulness. Amen. Right. So you can't even see him before you see faithful. Because he's surrounded by it and we got excited about that and we was learning how important God is and God forms everything by the word, right? And the world was framed by the word of God and we were learning how the how important God's word is. It's the most important thing we got because Jesus is the word and so we need the word of God and a lot of times we don't understand the promise of God so we feel defeated based on a circumstance what somebody did to us but God says I'm faithful even if it looks like they made a mess out of it I will still make a message out of it how many of you are willing to let God finish writing sometime we have them put down the pen because we think it's over right here and just because it looks all bad right here we forget about the word that All things worketh together for the good of those that love the Lord. And so sometimes we grab a pen and we put a period right where we are when it looks all bad. You know when somebody just do you wrong? I mean real wrong. I'm not talking about when they just tell a little lie. I mean just take you by storm and you just done wrong. Even how about when you do yourself wrong? Just make a mistake that you know you shouldn't have made. Sometimes sometimes we just want to put a period there. But God picks up the pen and say, I'm not done writing your story. Amen. Because God didn't save you to leave you defeated. He saved you with one purpose, and it's called V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. And if, if you're not in the victory right now, just know that the pen is still writing your story. How I many you can just shout for victory because you know he's still writing your story? See, it's not you that's writing your story, and you know the ones that try to put an end to your story, it's not them that's writing it either. So stop giving them credit; they are not the author or the, fin- <laughs> or the finisher. So here we go. Here we go. Let's turn to Philippians. I want to 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 just give us something to feed on and then we'll jump over and just get a a little bit and see where the Lord leads us. Philippians chapter one. Verse number three. Philippians chapter one, verse number three. We there? Yeah. Verse number three? Okay, somebody let, let's let's read. Paul Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and the church in Brentwood. Amen. 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 All right, y'all ready here? What, what, what the Lord has to say. Let's go. Paul, teach us tonight. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Who does he thank? God. Upon what? Okay, keep going. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Okay, now, now, wait a minute. He says, I thank God always. He said, and every time he remembers them, he thanks God always. But how many, of you know, everybody that he was talking to didn't always do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But Paul wasn't focused on what they did. He was, thank, he was thankful for what God was doing. See, we can't get caught up in what folks do. We get caught up in who God is. If we get caught up in who God is, it doesn't matter what people do. So we give so much attention to people. But Paul says he starts off, I thank God. See, it matters how you start. If you start off thanking God, you will end thanking God. Because when you begin to thank God, that is worship, that is praise unto God. Every time you begin praying, you should begin thanking God, thanking God that he gave you another opportunity to have a conversation with him. And when you begin to thank him for that, you'll start to thank him for something else. And after you thank him for that, you'll, you'll realize, oh, he, he, he blessed me to be able to walk today. And then you start to say, oh, I can see too. Oh. And then you just become so thankful, you, it becomes a thanksgiving prayer. And when you start thanking God, it, it, it develops an a, a atmosphere of worship. Now then, God begins to live right where you are. And it's no longer you that live, but Christ who liveth in me. Galatians two twenty. The Galatians two twenty comes to life by you thanking God. And when and see, you can't go into prayer trying to remember everything that's wrong. I just helped two or three of you right there get the offering tray. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sometimes we go into prayer with all this weight of what was wrong, what you don't have, what they did, what they didn't do. And you go into prayer all weighted down with stuff. And so then you are not giving God all of you. As a matter of fact, you are only giving him a little bit of you. And God deserves all of you. And the truth be told, if you just take a, a record of the time you came to this earth realm and remembered and began to realize who you were, you could really write down a whole lot of things that you know God has blessed you above. Even when he should have cursed you, he, messed, he just went ahead and blessed you anyway. God, and, and, and then you realize other circumstances are not as bad as yours. And sometimes we need to just be thankful. Yeah. So Paul tells us start it off thanking God. Yeah. Why? Because God has been with you from the beginning. Yeah. God was with you in the womb, yeah. teaching you how to breathe in water. God was with you when you came out the womb and gave you another breath of air. It was not you who tucked it in. It was God who breathed life into you. And so we should be more thankful to God. When you approach God, don't approach God with all your trouble and your junk. Approach God with some thanksgiving praise talking about positioning yourself. When you w- go to God, all heavy and lay down, oh, Lord, I'm just, you know I don't know, oh, Lord. <laughs> but but um, in, in Hebrews, it says approach God with boldness. Yeah. Amen. When you approach God, oh, shoot, God has, God is the remedy to every sickness. Amen. God is the answer to every question. He is the solution to every problem. I'm just gonna thank him just for being who he is. If he don't do nothing else for me, he gave me enough sense to talk to him tonight. I am going to thank him just for a little bit of sense that I do have. Come on. Come on. Paul said, I, listen, he said every remembrance of you, I'm gonna thank God because I know who God is. And let me tell you something, sometimes you could be in church with folks who have done you wrong. Thank God for him. Because if folks wouldn't have done you wrong, you wouldn't have knew how to talk to God about it. Mm -hmm. See, God has brought restored you from some stuff that folks have done you wrong. And if they never wouldn't have done you wrong, how would you know him to be the restorer that he is? Every remembrance, he says, I'm going to thank God. It doesn't matter what happened. I'm going to thank God. Is there any thankful people in here? Amen. Thank you, Lord. And then he said, I'm going to do it with joy. (laughs) See, you can't fake God out. That's right. Thank you, God, for this trouble. No. (laughs) Thank you, God, that I made it. (laughs) No matter what happened, I made it. All right, verse number five. okay, from your fellowship in the gospel from the first day, and now Paul says, he says, listen, I'm thankful that you're still here. How many of you have been in church, been saved for a while? I just want you to give me away. You've been saved for a while. Two or three days at least. How many of you Got saved from a life of sin. Okay. I don't want you to raise your hands this time. I don't want you to tell them yourself. How many of you, since you've been saved, you're still sin? Don't wave your hand. Don't wave your hand. Just <laughs> wink at me. Just give me a wink. <laughs> and so, and so, and so we, 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 We get saved. Paul says, I'm thankful that you're still here. It doesn't matter what has happened. I'm thankful that you got up again. Jesus says all will be made to stumble. And sometimes we look at folks because they messed up and think that they are disqualified. See, you are quantified when you mess up. What quantifies you that you were able to get up from the mess up? Oh, yeah. See, when you get up, that shows that greater is He that is in you than He that's in the world. Because the world wants to talk about you and keep you down, but the Jesus in you will get you back up again. So Paul says, I'm happy about your journey and everybody's journey don't look the same but i will say this everybody's journey has a stain but the blood of jesus the blood of jesus washes every stain away so paul says in this journey I'm going to be thanking God and praising God. He's letting us know that no matter what goes on in the body of Christ, we are going to thank and praise God because God knows how to fix everything. And so we don't focus on what's wrong. We believe God for getting it right. And when you believe that God is going to make it right, you can praise him and be happy and folks will look at you and call you crazy and you can win them over to Christ when God finishes doing what you believe him to do. Is there any true believers in here? So, so, so Paul is getting them ready for the good news. Verse number six. Being confident of this very thing. Being confident. He says, so get your mind right. Line it up with your heart. That you're confident in God. How many of you believe God's word? So when you believe God's word, you become confident in his word. See, when you believe God, when you believe people, you can become confident in people. But people will let you down. But the word of God will never let you down. So he says being confident. Right. Of this very thing. Of this very thing. That he who started you off, uh-huh. that God is up to something. Amen. When God gets up to something, he doesn't finish it except for in victory. Hallelujah. Everything that God does is good, Amen. except you. He, he, he said, Let there be light. There comes the word. Somebody say the word. The word. And, he, and there was light. And he said, It is good. good. He created the waters and separated the firmament. He stepped back and said, It, it is good. good. So he creates every living thing and every living thing that he created. He looked at it and said, it's good he spoke it everything that God spoke was good except you when he created you he stepped back and said it's very good let me stop for a minute and let you know that God put emphasis on you because he is really related to you there's something about you that's different than everything else he created God created something that he was attached to from the beginning. That's why you can't escape from God because you're very good to God. Amen. Say it's very good. Ah. So he said, he who began a very good word because in you, in you, He put his son, he put his son in you. He promised that he was gonna do something that would help man never become helpless again. Because you remember we talked about last week how there had to be a priest to go in for your sin. You couldn't go into the holies of holies. You you could not have a one-on-one conversation with God for repentance of sin. But God promised through his prophet Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to do something that nobody could stop. He said, "And the and the priest that had sin in his life that went in and came out dead, and there was no the, the, there was nobody, no, there was no covering for the sin. They had to send another priest in. He said, i am 'I'm gonna do something so they can come to me all by myself instead of them sending a priest in. I'm gonna send a priest into them.' God is bad, I tell you. He is an awesome God, and so." And so he, he begins a work that nobody can stop because there is nothing more powerful than God. Amen. Amen. Um, no sin could get in the way of what God is doing with you. He who begun a good work Where make it personal? Where is it who begun the work? Who's going to finish it? So why don't you get your feelings out of it? If God started it and God's going to finish it. Where should our focus be? God. It's not on the job. It's not on how long you've been sober. It's on the one who delivered you from that. Because there was, listen, there is a point of time that you had to be delivered anyway. You could say it's anything, but I'm telling you right now, it's the power of God that's at work in you. He says, he who begun that work, he will complete the work. And he will work on it. Until the day of Jesus Christ, when he comes back again, say he's working on me. me. So while he's working on you, when things happen in your life, you have to remember that God's covenant is different than anyone else's covenant. His promise when he speaks a word. It is done. Amen. And when he spoke a word and said that you were his child, it's done. And if you're God's child, he's faithful to take care of his children. Amen. All right, let's 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 get the promise that he gave to Jeremiah. Turn to Jeremiah. <clears throat> um, Thirty one. Jeremiah 31, 31. We there? Okay, this is the word of God. Somebody shout the word. word. So God is faithful over his word. If God says it, that settles it. OK, God's going to perform his word. Amen. Amen. Shout he's faithful. he's faithful. So if God is faithful and he tells you that, listen, I'm going to take care of you. But yet you lose your job. What does that mean? He's going to take care, he gonna take care of you still, right? Because that's his word. He'll open another door right. And he don't need. He don't need to do it the way you think he should. God does it. The way. He decides to do it. Because he has to do exceedingly. And abundantly. Above what you think. Or imagine. That's his word. So. If something goes wrong, oh, wait a minute. Oh, my kids are acting up. What does that mean? God's faithful. If God, now I'm just going to make the record real clear. If God could deliver you and all the craziness you got into. <laughs> right? If he can, not only did he deliver you, but he brought you out of some stuff that you snook back in and he didn't even tell nobody that you went back in. And he snuck back in with you and brought you back out and you still dealing with some stuff up here and he won't expose you now, but he's cleaning that too. He's faithful. He's faithful. Stuck like glue to you. All right, let's go. Verse 31. He says to Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Uh Uh-huh. Keep going. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke so I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Okay. God said, There's coming a time, and let me share something with you. The time has come. He said, this, this is my promise. Now, now this is how awesome God is. He makes this promise to Jeremiah. Jeremiah doesn't see the promise, but the promise has to happen because God spoke it. And God is talking about Jesus. He says, I'm going to do it in such a way that I'm going to put my law in their mind and write it on their heart, Right. right? So, so check it out. God is so awesome. He, he writes it in our heart with Jesus. He puts the law in our minds. But Paul says our minds are warring. One part is our fleshly mind that wants to do what we want to do. The other part is our spiritual mind where we know the law is. And sometimes we know better, but because we get become so self-righteous, we think we could do what we want to at time. We think we have that right for whatever reason. That when somebody mistreats you, you can get an attitude and you have the right to have an attitude. Because you should have gave me roses on Valentine's Day. or you got an attitude because she didn't cook dinner. She washed your clothes and got blue on your whites. We find reasons where we think we're somebody and that's because Our fleshly minds are trying to dominate a spiritual God. Therefore, we know God's way, but we refuse to go in God's way until God lets our heart catch up to our mind. And sometimes it happens a bit late. And we feel bad about what we did with our mind. And God has to convict us and chastise us and bring us back. But how many of you are tired, sick and tired of going back again and said, I just want to let go and let God have his way with my life. And if that happens again. I'm going to put God's faithfulness in that. And while that is happening, if this happens, I'm going to put God's faithfulness in this. How many of you just want to let God have his way and believe that he will work it out? He said, and I will be their God. And they might have to be. Oh, wait a minute. And they shall be my people. Oh. He says, he said, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For they shall all, Come on. they all shall. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. Um. See, you're not going to have to depend on anybody teaching you. Come on. I'm going to have a meeting with you all by myself. Yes. Yes. Come on. <laughs> he said when my spirit hits your heart you're going to know who I am. I want to talk to the people who know who he is. Now get this. We got to get rid of this selective amnesia because that's what's been holding us back from all the fullness that God has for you. Uh, You wanna remember who he is when you want to um, and it's based on circumstances. But God is gonna be God no matter what circumstance there is. And when you can love the way he loves And not worry about what people do or what people say, but just going to let God have his way with you because, you know, he's going to be faithful. Now, check this out. Jesus knew who his daddy was. So when they spit on him. When they lied on him. When the people he trusted to walk with them was stealing from him. How about the one that came up to kiss him? He let him get close enough to put his kiss on his cheek while he was sending him off to be crucified. See, Jesus didn't get paranoid and say, oh, you ain't going to do that to me. Because he knew that God was faithful. How many know God has a plan for your life? So Jeremiah says in in 29 that God has a plan for you to prosper you, prosper you. Right. So if you're not being prosperous, that doesn't mean that God has failed you. That just means that you need to trust him. How many of you can trust God when it don't look right? See, see, God. I'm glad you said that because we talked about last week. He gave each of us a measure of faith. But when God gets ready to increase you, he will put you in a situation where he has to increase your faith, which means that you get in put in a situation that you can't see your way out. Uh Oh, I'm not talking about that one. I just don't have enough to pay my car. note. No, 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 not that. that. That's that's easy. Just get a car away. That settle that problem. <laughs> hey, oh, I, 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 my lights are off. I don't know what am I do. Learn how to play hide and seek. I mean, I'm just talking. That, that that that's easy stuff, right? But I'm talking about when you get a report and they t- the doctor tell you there's no hope for you, huh? I'm I, I, I'm talking about when you giving your life to somebody, and they said they are gonna be with you for the rest of your life, and remain faithful to you, and they turn and walk. Oh, I'm talking about some real stuff. I'm talking about some stuff when you got hung up on some stuff, and now you don't know how to get yourself out of what got you hung up. When God allows you to get there, He's going to give you a new measure of faith. And when God gets you there, You ought to praise him for his faithfulness. Because when you know that he's going to make a way out of no way, God will show up and do his thing. How do I know? He said, because when two or more come into agreement, oh, when you can agree with how faithful he is. Hallelujah. Woo. And I won't violate my system. I'm waiting for agreement. Just agree. So so it, it gives me a reminder that Jesus shows us that sometimes we go through stuff in life that is so hard that we forget. Who he is. But wait, wait, wait. Jesus was on the cross. And he says. Eloah. Eloah. Eba shanatane. Translated. My God. My God. Why have you forsaken me? This is Too much for me. Have you ever been to a place where it was just too much for you? When he cried out of his flesh mind, God says, I got you. See, some of us won't cry. We hold it all in and say, I'm tough. I can do this, but there's no agreement with that. Cause God says, I gotta do this. See that's pride. So he says, who is it when you can come into agreement? But Jesus was calling out at a, at a place of distance from his daddy. And sometimes when we don't make it personal, we're too distant from them. So we can't come into agreement. So Jesus was looking at his pain more than he was looking at his provider. Have you ever been to a place where you are looking at your situation, your pain, more than you're looking at your provider? Yeah. That's cool, because Jesus shows us, when you do that and you cry out to him anyway, The Bible says his next word, God quickened him. And he says, his next words was father into your hands. Wait a minute. He went from my God to relationship. You know, I don't know what pain has distanced you from God. But God said, whatever the pain is, I want the pain because I want the relationship. I want you to see me as your faithful daddy. When Jesus said, Father, I commend my hand into your spirit. That's when power happened. That's when the shift happened. Is there anybody here that's ready to just let it all go so God could have his way and pick up the pen and finish writing out your story the way he designed your story without the interruption. No more television program. With- Commercials, how many of you are ready for God to have his way and just let him know that he is a faithful God, the God that wouldn't give up. He's faithful over his word. His word dwells in you and everything that he promised you, you shall walk in and receive. You inherit the promised land. Every blessing of God belongs to his children. And we'll get all this word. And sometime we allow what happens outside of hearing the word change your mind and give you what's called selective amnesia. You're this. Whatever your this is, whatever it is, it does not change how faithful God is. Are you willing to let God have your this? Is this too heavy for you? Huh? Sometimes you just need to let them say, Lord, I don't even know what to think. <laughs> see, see <laughs> I wish we would stop thinking anyway. And just start thanking. If you don't know what to think. Then just start thanking. Because that's your answer. When you thank God. You can come into agreement. And watch him perform. In every area. Of your life. And not only that. Everything. That is connected to you. That's crooked. He will make it straight. How many of you believe that? God didn't bring your crooked self in to make you straight. So the rest of whatever's connected, you could stay crooked. No. He says, I'm faithful that what I begun, watch me do my thing. Quit trying to tell God how to do it. And just let him do it. How's he going to do it? What, what ushers God into doing it quicker? Praise. Thanksgiving. That's praise. If you talk still talking about what they did to you, shame on you. You should be thanking God for what they did. You want to know why? Because God allowed it. And if God allowed it, there is a good plan for you. Amen. Let me take that back. There is a very good plan for you. Listen, even if it was you who messed up, there's a very good plan for you. Isn't that good stuff? And God is faithful to make sure it's done. So if anybody try to remind you of this again, say, Come to church with me because you need to learn that this don't bother me no more. Because there's some folks going to try to remind you to get <laughs> to, to have some amnesia. Tell them, meet me at church house. I, really, you, you got to get here because the word, the word, the word. I'm focused on the word and I'm going to thank God always. Is anybody here that says I'm done now, I'm gonna thank God always. Give him a praise.